guitar is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello, 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 hello. What about you? Hello there. Welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. Episode 2. Look at that. Hey, episode 2. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think we'd get this far, but hey, <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. Do you know what? I'm surprised. I'm I'm actually pleasantly surprised by the uptick, uh, the amount of support and love and subscribes and rates and comments and downloads and listens and all that. It's just been incredible this past while. Uh, since we've launched the podcast, it's just proved to be. Very, very exciting. So, yeah, I have to say thanks to everyone who's downloaded, listened, subscribed. And if you're listening to this right now, I thank you. Yeah, so that's my radio voice. <laughs> Speaking of radio voice, this podcast will basically be a catch-up of, uh, yeah, what was going on on the live show this week on Fuse FM. If you haven't caught that, that's on a Tuesday night, 7 till 9 on Fuse FM Balamoney. You can listen to it online, live. If you go to our website, it's thebigrabshow.com, there's a link on there, you can listen to it live on a Tuesday, or failing that, you can actually catch the repeat on Saturday, because it's repeated now. Um, so they lift the show, broadcast live, and they record it, and play it, I don't know, it's all technical stuff, I don't know, but somehow the show manages to get repeated again on a Saturday, 7 o'clock till 9, so... There you go, if you fancy catching the live show, there's two opportunities for you. But you're listening to a podcast, why am I even talking about the live show? Shakers out. See, now, aye, professional as always. <laughs> anyway, so I have to give a special shout at the very start of the show to G1. G1 Reads are giving away something that I just think is just incredible. Because if you were to purchase this yourself, you know, it's well worth the money, mind you. But, yeah, you know, it will cost you money. That's the thing. They're giving away a double platinum chanter and a double platinum reed setup. A full setup made and tailored to you, to your desired strength and everything. You know, get on the way reeds all come with different strengths and everything. So, they're offering this for free. They're giving you a free double platinum chanter and reed setup. All you need to do is get along to our Facebook page and do the liking and the sharing and the tagging and... All of that Facebooky stuff. And then, yeah, you'll be entered into a random draw. And the winner will be announced here on the Big Rab Show podcast. Episode 5, have to be specific about that. So, yeah, that's to come. So, if you haven't entered yet, get yourself onto our Big Rab Show Facebook page. Follow all the instructions and you'll be entered into the draw. And you could get a chance to win a double platinum chanter plus... A, you know, a platinum read setup. It's, it's just an, an amazing, amazing prize. So many, many thanks there to G1. So, without further ado, let's get into the week's news. We've got so much happening in the piping world, it's ridiculous. On the live show, we actually focused a good bit of time on the 70th Live in Ireland concert. I know I kind of gushed a bit about it on the last podcast, but... Just a reminder, and then I'll move on without getting too excited. The 25th of February, the 78th, 
live in Ireland concerts happening and I can't wait. Uh, Alright, okay. Yeah, so the 25th of February. <laughs> if you haven't got your ticket yet, go get your ticket. Because, yeah, I can see this pretty much being a sellout very, very quickly. And I'm actually really surprised it hasn't been sold out yet. So, yeah, if you haven't yet, grab your ticket. Now, Celtic Connections Festival. As I mentioned on the last podcast, it was starting on the 19th of January. Uh, Well, here we are. We're now in the middle of it. So, 25th of January. Ross and Ali Hutton. Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton hit the stage. So, yeah, I'm just going to go and read a list of events or, yeah, shows that I thought would be definitely worth catching. So, Ross and Ali, top of the pile. And if anything, they were playing live on BBC Radio 2 as well, along with Mark Radcliffe. Not sure if you've managed to catch it or not, but I'm sure they have a catch-up service available. So, yeah, go and check that out because I think 40 minutes into the show, I managed to listen to it myself. Some cracking tunes on there. You know, and they have anything. They, pr- they played one of my favourites off their new album, Symbosis. They played Press for Time with the Gordon Duncan tune. And their arrangement of it is just fantastic. It's blistering, as they say. Also, a special shout to the Angus Nicholson Trio. They're going to be on the 26th of January. So that's the following day. Uh, Angus Nicholson Trio. I've only really been introduced to them recently. Thanks to uh, Trevor Clydesdale, who texts in regularly to the live show. Um, so he introduced me really to these guys and I'm, I'm actually I'm going to get a, a couple of their CDs on order I'm going to have to get them to send me some stuff so yeah that'll be a show to catch now on the 28th of January is probably the biggest one for us piping fans Inverarian District hit the stage yeah Inverarian District are hitting the concert stage on the 28th and I can't wait for this because of many reasons <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, I can't go. Uh, due to my day job and everything, I'll not be fit to make the trip over. But it's always around this time of year that the bands who have been furiously working over the winter, learning new material and such, it's normally around this time of year that we start to hear little snippets. We let we start to hear little bits coming through. So maybe, you know, a half a medley here, maybe, you know, a march from a new MSR... You know, just something. You know, we get to hear a little a little sneak peek of what the 2017 season has to offer. So, I really hope that's what happens. I hope Inverary hit the stage. They bring us all of their concert stuff. Plus, give us a little sneaky peek as to what you're bringing to the 2017 circle. I'm really looking forward to that. So, Inverarian District in concert on the 28th. Um, now, on the 4th of February... We're looking forward to the next month. That's the Treacherous Orchestra. Now, if you haven't seen these guys live... Oh, my word. Now, I've seen piles of YouTube videos and stuff on the Treacherous Orchestra. But uh, I honestly don't think it does them justice. I can completely understand why they've been nominated so many times now for Live Act of the Year. These guys are insane. (laughs) (laughs) but they're insane in the best way possible the music that they produce is just incredible it's a wall of noise but it's not noise it's it's music it's strange like whenever they call themselves an orchestra they're not lying because there's so many guys on the stage but yet you know produce this you know a really unusual amazing sound I urge you to go and check them out if you haven't already. 
Uh, I think their albums have been nominated each year for you know the Trad Awards. Uh, like I say, nominated for Live Act of the Year. They're definitely an amazing band. And the guys Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton that I mentioned there at the very start of this, uh, they actually are in Treasure Orchestra. They're kind of like the two pipers in the band. So worth checking out. So that's Treacherous Orchestra, the 4th of Feb. And now looking at the end of Celtic Connections, that's the 5th of February. And then we see the final of the Young Trad Musician of the Year. Now, I don't know much about this event, to be honest. I haven't really caught it. Well, I don't know if it's even televised. But the Young Trad Musician of the Year this year includes a piper. And that's Doogie from the Red Hot Chili Pipers. I had, I had no clue. <laughs> but uh, from doing a slightly bit of research on the whole thing, I did find out that normally the winner of the Young Trad Musician of the Year... They normally move on to bigger things and forming bands. Uh, the likes of Rora, for instance, or even Braybrack, I think, as a Young Musician of the Year. I could be wrong there. Um, but, yeah, you know, Young Trad Musician of the Year has normally went on to do bigger things like forming bands or even becoming solo artists in their own right. So, Doogie is in there from the Red Hot Chili Pipers. I think he's actually done okay so far on, a, on his own, you know, with being with the Chili Pipers. Yeah, he's like he's pretty successful, you know, playing in stadiums in front of thousands and thousands of people. But, hey, <laughs> I wish him good luck anyway. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll do really well because Dougie's a heck of a piper. So, yeah, best of luck, Dougie. Uh, so I guess we'll find out on the 5th of February who wins. Now, I have a few shameless plugs to give for some people. I have to give a plug for Blarian District. Yeah, their competition to design a bass drum closes on the 27th of January. So if you haven't entered yet, get your entries in now. If, if you were planning to, you're just toying with the idea, get them in before the 27th of January because after that, doors are shut because the winner of the Blarian District design a bass drum competition will be read out live on our radio show on fuse so yeah if you have entered you may be read out on my show on a tuesday night to tell you that you've won also i have to give a special shout to good mate of the show mr fred morrison yeah our fred what about you fred fred morrison has launched a new website fred fred morrison pipes.com now his previous home his dot com address and that yeah it Needed a bit of a, a revamp, a bit of an update, and it's had that. It's now been relaunched, and is all shiny and sparkly, and has all sorts of amazing products on there that you can you know look at and buy for any self-respecting Fred Morrison fan. So, <laughs> and yes, you can probably tell I'm a little bit of a Fred Morrison fan myself. Shamelessly, yeah, shamelessly so, but yeah, I love me a bit of Fred Morrison. So if you do too, get along to FredMorrisonPipes.com. Also, I have to give a shout to my good friends at the Grace Node Vortex. <laughs> yes, hello guys. Now, I did mention them in episode 1, and here I am again, mentioning them again in episode 2. But you know what? I think I'm going to be mentioning them in every episode now. Because if it wasn't for the Grace Note Vortex guys, there would be absolutely zero pipe and content on the podcasting medium. So, yeah, these are the trailblazers. <laughs> So I have to give a special props to them. You know, uh, they made an announcement there not too long ago. I think it was last week, actually. That they're going to be coming back. And they're going to be releasing their episode four. 
And I cannot wait. They've announced a new team member as well. So there's going to be three of them now. Which is just going to be amazing. Because what we've had so far is the two guys. And they've been chatting away and talking about pipe bands amongst themselves. And we get to join in on the back of it. And it's fantastic. If anything, it's hilariously funny too at times. Um, but now there's going to be three. That's going to be a real interesting mix. You know, because, you, you know, even if it's two against one or, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the difference of opinion of three people could be really interesting to hear. So, hey, the Grace Note Vortex will return. And when they do, we'll be sure to let you know. Because I'm, yeah, I'm shamelessly a bit of a fan of the Grace Note Vortex. It's just a real shame that they've only managed to get three episodes in. It really is. Um, but they've already said themselves, you know, it's due to time constraints, day jobs and all of that kind of stuff. It is a real pain in the backside. So, but hey... I really hope they manage to get it together and, yeah, spit us out some piping content on the podcasting airwaves. And, yeah, join myself because I'm still kind of new to this kind of thing. And i still kind of learning on my feet. But these guys are the pros. Do you know what I mean? Like, they do it proper. So, like, they do editing and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they know how to edit stuff. So... <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so I'm looking forward to the Grace Note Vortex coming back. So once they do, I'll let you know. Right, I have to give a special shout to Kyle Rothschild. Kyle has released a new book, or is in the process of releasing it anyway. He's been announcing it on his Facebook page, Kyle Rothschild Music on Facebook. And the new book is called Tunes from the Flight Deck. I think I might have mentioned it on the last podcast, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But if I did... And I'm mentioning it again. It's for a very good reason. (laughs) Because on the show this week, uh, Kyle managed to send over, you know, a recording of some of the tunes performed from the book. And, wow, it went down a storm. So he said it was an air and a selection of jigs and stuff. And, yeah, I would recommend it. Um, If you didn't manage to catch it, definitely go and check it out on our live show. As I say, it's repeated again on a Saturday. Or failing that, yeah, I might upload a wee tiny snippet in the background just as I'm chatting. <laughs> Look at me, I'm fancy, I can edit. <laughs> but yeah, Kyle, he managed to send us over an MP3 and we got got it played out on the show. And yeah, proved to be pretty popular. So um, yeah, if that's anything to go by, the rest of the book is definitely worth checking out. So get yourself along to Kyle Rothschild Music on Facebook. And yeah, definitely worth Worth a look, worth a look. Anyway, uh, Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band. They're currently recruiting... Now, yeah, for those of you who don't know who Listen to Mulligan Pipe Band are, they're a band from Grade 4B, have had a bit of notable success over this past couple of years, but have kind of been struggling to make that push into Grade 4A. Now, recently, as I say, they're in Grade 4B, they've now recently employed a new lead drummer. So the new lead tip is Ali Kerr. So... Yeah, Ali's now looking for some new drummers to bolster the ranks. So if you're interested at all in lifting a set of sticks with Listen to Mulligan, please get in contact with Ali. Ali Care, you can reach him through his Facebook and all of that. So if you've never lifted a set of sticks before, there's your chance. You know, you can go and learn. They're accepting learners. Or even if you're experienced, grade one extraordinaire and fancy, taking it easy, perhaps. <laughs> there's your chance. Listen to Mulligan, looking for side drummers. Go ahead, knock your lamps out. Now, I have to give a special thanks to Craig Laurie. Of course, 
piper and drummer extraordinaire, but Craig was over at the Glasgow Tattoo. Now, what Craig managed to do for us at the Glasgow Tattoo was nothing short of miraculous. If you hadn't caught this yet, get yourself onto the Big Rab Show Facebook page. Because Craig managed to strap his mobile phone onto his drum harness and then live stream to our Facebook page. Not sure if you've caught this, but it's simply amazing. Um, He manages to take us right into the centre of the arena. You get to hear all the crowd cheering. um, And then you get to hear all the music and that as it happens. You know, it's a grand finale type deal. And then... You know, you get to see the the Royal Marines, Her Majesty's Royal Marines, marching past him as they're walking out of the arena. You get to see all the other bands leaving the arena and stuff, you know. And you get to see this, you know, from his drum harness. And it's fascinating to watch. Then what happens is he takes us through the pipe band march past. He doesn't switch his phone off. And he just, you know, you get to hear the bands playing the black, you know, the black bear. And that as they're marching out. And it just, ah. It's adrenaline pump and stuff. It's really, really good. I would recommend it. Get along to your Facebook page and check that out from the Glasgow Tattoo. I also have to say, many congratulations to everyone who took part in the Glasgow Tattoo. From all accounts, I think it's been really, really successful. Um, there's been certainly no negative reports coming through. Um, but yeah, everyone's saying that it was just a great event. And kind of likened it to the Belfast Tattoo. Um, so yeah, congratulations everyone on the Glasgow Tattoo. Well done. Long may it continue, and I'm sure it will continue for a long time. Now, yeah, Pipes and Drums. Let's talk about Pipes and Drums, shall we? That's the show that is on Radio Ulster. Yeah, so good friend of the show, Mr. Mark Wilson. He's returning to BBC Radio Ulster, and that's on Sunday at half six. And, yeah, it's a legendary show. It's kind of, I don't know... It's part of the concrete round here, you know. <laughs> it's kind of a tradition to sit and listen to this show, this 30 minutes worth of piping. Now, this show has been on as long as I can possibly remember, but it was previously hosted by the legend himself, Mr. The Kilted Runner, the late Tommy Miller. So as soon as Tommy Miller, he kind of retired from the job, Mark had took over. And we have what we have now. And it's Pipes and Drums on Radio Ulster. So if you're anyway inclined at all and you want to go and hear it, there you are. It's on BBC Radio Ulster Northern Ireland on Sundays at half six. I say Radio Ulster Northern Ireland. Where else would Ulster be, Rob? Oh, goodness sake. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure even if you're listening to this, you know, a good while down the line, it still it should be available on the iPlayer because they do have episodes up there on catch up. I don't think they actually have a podcast yet, but uh, I think you know something like that has been talked about for Pipes and Drums. Don't know. It remains to be seen. Now, I could just about draw a breath. I have to give a special shout to Gunter. Gunter got in contact with the Big Rab Show Facebook page through the week and he filled me in on some news that I didn't ordinarily catch. This kind of flew under the radar a bit. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with it, actually, to be honest. Um, last weekend, uh, the biggest indoor competition in Germany took place. Now, I didn't know this. Um, so, yeah, I was intrigued. I've got the largest indoor competition in Germany. And it took place in a place called Bremen. So, it had over 100 participants. Now, that's not... Yeah, whenever they say the largest, that's pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, over 100 competitors from all over, uh, including Germany, 
Denmark, Switzerland and the Netherlands. So there you go. Now I had no idea there was such a vibrant piping scene in Germany. Like you don't automatically think pipe bands are associated with Germany or even Denmark and Switzerland, even the Netherlands. But whenever you go and check out this competition, you'll find that some of the music produced by these guys is amazing. You know, some really, really talented players. Um, So, worth checking out. There is a playlist available on YouTube. um, You know, of the full, I think it's the quintet competition. Um, So, definitely worth checking out. I've put the link up on our Facebook page, as always. Um, So, the link's there. You can go and hunt it out. Um, So, worth checking out. Because I did sit and watch it. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be rough. But... I was really surprised. <laughs> no, it's terrible me saying that. But you know what I mean? Like you, you very rarely see bands from Germany and Denmark and that at the Worlds. Um, so we don't get the opportunity normally to hear these bands. And frankly, I didn't really know that they existed. So, yeah, getting to find out that there's a whole new piping world out there in the middle of Europe. It's kind of opened my eyes a bit. So, yeah. Go and check it out. It's worth looking at. You know, some really talented players right across Europe. And, uh, yeah, definitely worth a look. Now, time for me to draw a breath. Going to make myself a cup of tea. (laughs) And it's time for the topic of the week. What I want to bring you is a topic of the week. Now, what I'll do is I normally try to introduce it on the live show if I get time. But I am squeezed for time on there. Because we have to cram in so many adverts and, you know, plugs for people and shout-outs. People texting in saying, say hello there, Mickey. And, uh, you know, the, the time just always seems to fly away on me. Even though I've got two full hours. Two hours worth of time to play music and say hello to people. I still find myself running out of time, so hence the reason for the podcast, so we can get to have a conversation. Now, this is going to be semi-kind of interactive. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on the you know the topic of the day, and then what I want you guys to do is to email me in, or you better still, probably tweet me, or even message the Facebook page. Probably the Facebook page would be the best point of contact, but you can reach me on all of those other things as well. Um, yeah, you can email, you know, FuseFM, they have their contact there. Uh, plus you can reach me on Twitter, at Big Rab Show, or you can message me on Facebook, which is The Big Rab Show on Facebook. So let's get to it. <sighs> Topic of the day. Now, talk about picking a big one to start with. <laughs> I started this on the live show, and I didn't realise how big a can of worms I was opening, because... So many polarised opinions on this. So, this is where I want you guys to join in on the back of it. Of course, I'm going to be talking about a cap on pipe band numbers. What do you think? Do you think that the numbers of pipe bands should be capped? Now, what I mean by that is, should there be a maximum number of players that you're allowed on the field? Because, in this past while, we've noticed a trend... Where pipe bands are marching onto the field and they have upwards of maybe 30 pipers on some occasions. I think someone even texted into the show on Fuse there and said, was it Scottish Power? Scottish Power had walked onto the field and the British 
with 33 pipers. Like that's that's not a pipe band, it's an army. It's incredible. Like how a pipe major can control you know the tone, the sounds and then down to the technic- technical playing of 30 men or 33. You know, it's just uh, the mind boggles, you know. So bands seem to be getting bigger and bigger in the big leagues in Grade One. Now, when you look at your field marshals, your Simon Frasers, your Shots and Dykeheads, your Bogholes, even you know, big, big bands, and every player standing in those ranks deserves to be there. I think that's the argument too, that everyone there that has made it to the big league and the, the big Grade One with that band, they deserve to be standing there. You know, they wouldn't stick a uniform on if they couldn't play tiddlywinks. But should there be a cap? You know what I mean? Like, is the piping game going to turn into a numbers game? As somebody had mentioned, if you turn up to a grade one competition with the minimum requirement, because there we straightened that out, there are rules for a minimum requirement to be competitive. Uh, you have to have a certain amount of players for you to be able to field a band, you know, so a judge can judge you. So, if there's rules for a minimum, why not set rules for a maximum? But, yeah, imagine turning up to the Grade 1 Arena at the Worlds and you had your six pipers and your two snares. You know, and you went in there and you played a blistering set with absolutely zero faults, faultless tone as well, just sounding like a church organ. And, you know, you could have been sounding incredible. But yet a band walking on behind you with 30 plus men. You know, the sheer wall of noise and the sound that will come from that band. Compared to the band with six pipers. You know, is there much of a competition there? Does that even factor into it? That's another question. You know, do judges listen to a band on... You know, I don't know what I'm trying to say on the volume. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Because does managing a band of 30 people, you know, does that merit more difficulty than managing a band of six? You know, does that give them more brownie points kind of thing? I don't know. Like, I don't, like, whenever I would think about it, I'm not singling these guys out by any means, so please don't quote me and start slabbering and shouting at me, but let's look at our grade one bands. The likes of Kulabaki, for instance, they had to drop out um, because of lack of numbers. Now, whenever you looked at Kulabaki Pipe Band, they could have easily have competed, easily, in a heartbeat. They could have competed in grade two and won all around them. They could have beat the socks off everyone in grade 2. But they just didn't have the numbers in grade 1 to compete with the big boys. The big guys walking in there with 30 or 40 players. You know. And then also Rivara as well. Rivara are a band that everybody loves. But always seem to get a really raw deal because of the numbers game. Like if you had 40 players in the likes of Rivara... Would they be a force to be reckoned with? You know what I mean? I think everybody does kind of just discount them. Doesn't really factor them in there because, you know, they're just, they haven't got the sheer volume, the sheer number of people that these other big boys, these other big bands are bringing. You know? 
Now, I'm kind of selling it down the lines that there should be a cap. But there is an argument that there shouldn't be. People were messaging in saying, you know, if you've worked hard all of your piping career and you have knocked your lamps out, you've put in hours and hours and hours of practice and you get to the, the top grade band, say you make it to the Field Marshal Montgomery, you know, and you've practiced your socks off and you've made it, you're in the band hall with the Field Marshal and Richard says to you, we'll see you on Saturday. Like that's and that's bound to be no small thing. And then you turn up on the Saturday again. You're knocking your lamps out. You're playing to the best of your ability. And then, due to a rule of the RSPBA, you have to stand aside. Richard has to pick someone. He says, "Look, guys, too many players here. I have to get rid of some of you." How does he make that choice? Because of a an enforced rule by the RSPBA. Now. For me, as a player, it would have been knocking my lamps out, <laughs> putting in so much time and effort to make it to be dropped because of an RSPBA rule. I think I would be pretty cheesed off. Yeah, and I think that is kind of the counter-argument. Is it counterproductive to put a cap on these big big bands? Because, yeah, player development being one you know, let's face it, we all want to try and play for our Inverarys, our Shots and Dykehead, or, you know, the big the big league bands. That's what everyone always tries to aim for. You know, we've got to try and make a push and get to grade one. And, you know, compete for old Spiky. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, if there, wasn't, if there wasn't that onus to push people on to grade one and to get to these big bands, and there was a cap there... You know, it would be gutting. Like, if you travelled, say, a hundred, I don't know, thousands of miles in some cases. Say the likes of Simon Fraser, for instance. Like, they travel all the way over to Glasgow every year. And imagine being that player who had to be told, you're playing really well, but because of a rule of the RSPBA, we'll have to drop you. Like, (laughs) I don't know. You may as well just... (sighs) Ah, I don't know what we what you would do. It's just heartbreaking, you know. Now I have heard stories of bands walking on. I think it was Jeff. He actually texted into the show there, and he had said that was it. The seventy eighth had walked on one year with like forty plus, and Bill Livingston just kind of went around in the final tuning area and tapped guys on the shoulder and says, "You're out. You're out. You're out. You're out. You're out." <laughs> he just went around dropping people. So, you know, in one instance, you can see the reason why people think a cap should be put in place. But in another, you can see why people believe it shouldn't be in place. Now, what's the alternative? If you don't put a cap in place, what is the alternative? Well, my idea... (laughs) (laughs) you can shoot me down but my idea is what they used to do in the indoor competitions here in Northern Ireland now I remember this happening Um, but say you had the likes of your field marshal I'm not singling them out but I'm just trying to think of a large grade 1 band and field marshal came to mind so let's say you have your field marshal and they have reached the cap of players say the cap of players was like 20, 20 men right and they have an excess of players waiting in the wings. Why don't they have an opportunity then to enter a second band? 
Because all those players, they're just going to be standing around, scratching their backsides. <laughs> so why don't you have a field marshal A, field marshal B? That's what they used to do in the indoors. I remember it. I think it was Monkstown Mosley, actually. It was grade 2, whenever they were in grade 2, the monkeys in Monkstown. I remember the Monkstown Mosley having three different pipe bands that day. I think it was a Bambridge indoor. It was Monkstown Mosley A, Monkstown Mosley B, Monkstown Mosley C. And from what I remember, I think they lifted quite a number of prizes. I think, yeah, I think maybe that's perhaps that's what knocked it on the head, perhaps. Just now I'm thinking... Because it wasn't long after that I stopped seeing the ABC. Uh, because I think Monkstown Mosley won first, second and third. <laughs> so, yeah, would that happen? Would you get your Inverary, you know, B band beating your Inverary A and, you know, and maybe collecting first and second place? And, you know what I mean? You know, is there scope there for these massive great bands to possibly form other bands? You know, say your your field marshal B or your Inverary B or you know your Simon Fraser B. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, like a, it's not a substitute band by any means, means. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. I'm sitting here rambling now, but I do believe. Now, this is my opinion, and I can give my opinion on the podcast because it's my podcast. But I do believe there is scope there for a cap of some sort. But where it lies and the number. I don't know. I really don't know. Now, so far I've been talking about pipers. Let's not forget the drummers. Some drum corps are getting ridiculous. I mean, seriously ridiculous. They're getting massive, massive, massive drum corps. Now, one that comes to mind is the tenor corps from the Spirit of Scotland. Look how many tenor drummers they had. <laughs> it was, don't get me wrong, it sounded brilliant. They had a note for, you know, a drum for every note in the chanter. And it sounded incredible. It did sound good. But whenever you seen them marching on and marching off, it did look awfully clumsy because they had to find a space in there for them to stand. And they were kind of shuffling around and thinking, you move over, you move over. And it was all a bit, mm, this is uncomfortable. Once, once they got settled, it was fine. But, <laughs> but yeah, should there be a cap on drummers as well as looking towards pipers? I don't know. Some drum corps are so big, uh, like sometimes you really can't hear the playing. Like I know I've stood behind some drum corps sometimes, and there's been upwards of fifteen maybe standing, and like it's wow, massive big core. But you know you kind of you lose the nuances. I think like whenever you're looking at dynamics for a drum corps, you know the rise and fall and volume and stuff. I think, not the less you have, but I think you need more control. Whenever you have that many men, or women, I'm being sexist, but whenever you have that many people playing on a drum corps, you need to be that bit more controlled. Because you do, you lose the kind of certain nuances with rise and fall and dynamics and stuff. And the musicality of it as well. Like, say you have 15 drummers, but you only have 10 pipers. All you're going to hear in your ensemble performance is drums. That's all you're going to hear. They're going to be over the top of the medley. So it's a balancing act, I suppose. Having a big, big pipe core but a wee tiny drum core doesn't work. And same way the other way around. Massive drum core, a wee tiny skittery pipe core. That doesn't work. 
So where is the happy medium? You have to get the right balance between both and then set your cap at what you think should be the maximum at both ends. This is a very, very interesting topic. So many people were messaging in through the show and with (laughs) some things that I couldn't say on air but I'll happily say on here. Now they were saying that player poaching was a problem. And this has been happening now for as long as I can remember. It's kind of part of the pipe band game. But yeah, bands in the lower grades, uh, you know, grade 4 all the way up to grade 2. The whole idea of developing players and developing a band was to try and push your own little, you know, hometown pipe bands. Push you all the way up into the big leagues, into grade 1. So... Yeah, that's the focus. You know, take you from learner stage right the way through until you're professional near enough, or all the way up in the grade one. And that happened to quite a number of bands. Pushed and pushed and pushed and worked and worked and worked their way up through the grades, winning championships as you go. But as that happens and the band gains notoriety and starts lifting prizes, then that gets the attention of the guys up in grade one. <laughs> and they think, ah, oh, right, see that paper place for this band? He's quite good, actually. He's really good. Why don't we give him a chance to come and play with us? And that's what happens. He gets a wee phone call then. Oh, do you fancy coming and playing with shots? You know, we're brilliant. Come and play with shots. Now, if you were playing in, I don't know, a Balaki pipe band, for instance, who are in grade four, and you get a phone call from Richard Parks saying, do you fancy coming and playing with me in the field marshal? Are you realistically going to tell me no, I'm going to stay with Balaki and <laughs> and turn down the opportunity. You know, no, I don't think so. But this is what happens, you know, and people call it player poaching and, you know, feelings can get hurt and all the rest. And in fact, some bands have actually fallen out over the head of it. Uh, some bands have had their numbers so depleted with so many talented members coming through that they just simply couldn't compete. Um, one band comes to mind, I think Ballycone was one of them at the time. Uh, they had an extremely successful year one time in the early 90s. I think when they were in grade 2. Uh, they won the world championships and everything in grade 2. And then whenever they hit the grade 1 arena, something happened. Players started moving around. They started going to different grade 1 bands. Because once they'd reached that grade 1 stage, they all went to different grade 1 bands. They didn't stick with where they were. I think one being the opportunity to go to different grade one bands. Um, but also just, yeah, I'm not calling it glory hunting because that's not what it is. It's wanting to develop themselves. You know, the opportunity to go and play with the biggest and best in the piping scene, you couldn't turn it down. And I think that's that's it too. That's the counter argument. But... Uh, yeah, player poaching. I've been in you know lower grade bands myself, and I've experienced player poaching myself. Um, and yeah, it can be pretty hurtful. You know, you kind of think, oh, is our band not good enough? And then whenever you look at yourself and you think you're still playing grade four A, no, you're not good enough because this player is you know marching up to grade one. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but then you look at it from that perspective and you think, go for it, go for it, because that's. You know, that person is trying to better themselves and, yeah, juke it out with the big guns. You know, it's a fair play. So, I don't know. They think, 
I think that what the whole thing about player poaching was as if a cap a cap was placed on the big bands. It, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be seeking players as readily as what they are. You know, they wouldn't be actively recruiting and looking for that next, you know, super talent coming through. Um, you know, if they already had fifty members in their ranks, you know, they wouldn't be as keen to go and look. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Will the cap fix the problems, or will it just cause a whole new set of problems? I think, if anything. It's going to be a topic we're going to be talking about for quite a while. Until the RSPBA actually look at it and decide themselves that something needs to be done. But I can tell you now, the piping world is definitely talking about it. We have been chatting about it on our radio show now for a while. And I think we're going to be continuing talking about it for a while. Because it seems to be a big issue. The numbers game. If you march in there with... Half a dozen pipers and two drummers in grade one. Will you really have the same chance against your Inveraries, your Scottish Powers, your you know these big big bands? Would you really stand a chance? Is it a numbers game? Do the numbers matter? I don't know. Like for instance, someone had texted, and I'll leave you on this point. Someone had texted into the show and said. Look at the recordings and the videos that we do for Throwback Thursday on our Facebook page. Now, I uploaded a video there of Dysart and Dundonald, and that was back in 1982, I think it was. Maybe 1983, something like that. It was the early 80s. Dysart and Dundonald. And now they had walked on, they had four snare drummers. I think maybe seven or eight pipers. And they ended up winning. And Dysart played such an amazing set... The music stands up today. It was incredible. Um, I can't remember was it the early 80s. I'm starting to doubt myself now. Um, but it was a good while ago anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the description on the video said that they had won that particular day with this medley selection at the Worlds. And I remember watching it and thinking, you know, if that band marched on to the Grade 1 arena today, you know, would they get a chance? Would they get a look in? Has our piping world moved on to you must field at least 30 pipers and 15 drummers and, you know, 9 tenor drums? (laughs) I don't know. Is that what it's come to now? You have to have this big orchestral army. I don't even know if I could call it a band. Some of them are just huge. And also from a judging perspective... You know, if you're standing there and you're trying to pick out a mistake from 30 people, that's not a small task. That's massive. And regardless if you have two piping judges, that's two sets of ears listening to 30 players. You know, it would be quite easy for someone to kind of hide in the ranks and kind of fluff their way through, I think. Or maybe just stand there and blow drones. I don't know how hard or easy it is to do. I'm a drummer. So, <laughs> I don't know. Is it easy to, to bluff in piping? I have no clue. But, um, yeah, you know, for a judging point of view, it's difficult. You know, even an ensemble judge. There's one ensemble judge. And he would have to stand there and listen to a whole band. And some of these bands are that big. You could basically sit up in the stands to try and get a you know an overall picture. You know, anyway, I'm rambling now.
but I do think this is going to be a topic that will rumble on for quite a while and will polarise opinion. I've given you mine. My opinion is, is that there should be a cap, but where that cap lies, goodness knows, I really don't know where the cap should be. What should be the maximum number? Don't know. I do believe, though, that there should be a cap placed, and there are wiser men than me that can pick that out. But, hey, I am happy to be proved wrong. If someone can give me a strong enough counter-argument, then I'll quite happily listen to it. You know what I mean? Because I have seen both sides here, and I can understand where both sides of the argument are coming from. I've just, at the moment, I'm settling on that there should be a cap. But, hey... Anyway, that's it for the topic of the week. Feel free, please do message me your opinion. I really do want to know. Um, If anything, we'll probably be revisiting this again on on another podcast. Um, So, yeah, message me in. It's The Big Rab Show on Facebook, or you can reach me on Twitter as well, which is at Big Rab Show. And that's me for another podcast for this week. Yeah. That's been fun. I would, I love doing this podcast and stuff. You know, because I can give my opinion and stuff and not have to be guarded. And say everything's great. <laughs> anyway, as always, feel free. Check out the live show on Fuse FM. Tuesday nights, 7 o'clock till 9. And it's repeated again on Saturday, 7 o'clock till 9. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. And I say thanks to G1 who are currently running this amazing giveaway you have to check this out it's simply incredible and we have had so many entrants already looking this prize for a double platinum chanter and reed setup from g1 tailor made for you i think that's the biggest point on this it's tailor made it's not just stuffed in a box and fired out it's actually had selected tailor made and balanced for you to your specified strength so Hey, you couldn't ask for better. So, for your chance to grab it, and it's free, go along to Facebook, follow our instructions, and enter the draw. And your name will be drawn out on episode 5. Now, loads more to come on the podcast. Episode 2 doesn't finish this. Don't panic. We've got loads, loads more to come. Including some podcast exclusives yeah some things that i'm not going to be bringing to the live show so just for you podcast listeners there'll be some podcast exclusives coming your way so that's all to come loads of exciting things still to come here on the big rap show well that's it for another big rap show podcast many thanks to our sponsors good friends there at g1 reads be sure to check them out on facebook and at g1reads.com The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Vararian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1, and until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.